Hi, this is Bethany, your host of the Random Yogi Podcast, a weekly podcast about holistic living and physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, and of course, plenty of yoga and Ayurveda. We offer bonus episodes each month featuring yoga flows that you can do at home, as well as guided meditations. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Marissa, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Can you please introduce yourself and just tell listeners a little bit about you? Hey, yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Bethany. So my name is Marissa Lawton, and I run a brand called Rooted Feminine, where I help women remember their magic, uh, reconnect to Earth's natural rhythms, and reclaim their divine feminine powers. And I love the story of how you took on that title. Uh, you know, someone who is a wisdom keeper. Can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my spiritual mentorship, um, I've worked with several really, really wonderful guides. And in certain lineages, especially in in, in indigenous practices, um, one of the things that you get gifted with is your name. Um, and so in a couple of the... Um, mentors that I've worked with both kind of arrived at this wisdom keeper name um, independently of each other, but around the exact same time. Um, And when I was kind of given that namaker, so to speak, by both people, I was like, okay, I guess I need to embrace it. Um, And then I don't know if we've talked about this ever, but I ended up having an accidental past life regression. Like it wasn't like I sat down and intended to do that or the the guy that I was working with intended for that. It just is what happened in our work. Um, And I saw myself clear as day in the 15, 1600s um, in a old cottage with um, several women and like the puritanical male leaders came and knocked on the door and the other women um, like went to talk with them. And I was grabbing all of the books, all of the grimoires and stuffing them under the bed in like this hiding spot, like keeping the wisdom safe. Um, so those three things really happened all like within a couple of days of each other. So I am still actively working on stepping into that wisdom keeper identity. Well, you have such a sweet spirit and such a heart for women is something that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, So what, let's, let's back up. Tell us your life journey prior to realizing you are a wisdom keeper. So what was your life journey like? Yeah. So I feel like I really kind of walked two parallel paths, but they never crossed. Um, In fact, I posted, this will make sense in a second. I posted a, um, picture of one of my morning readings because I pull cards for myself every morning. I don't really read for others, but I do for myself. Um, And this one person who I've known for years and years and years was like, you do tarot cards? And I was like, I always have. But I kept these parts of my life just separate. Um, And so one on one hand, from a really young age, I was very, very ambitious, very, very goal oriented. And at the same time, had this very, very spiritual orientation to myself, but picked and chose who I showed that to and like kept those aspects of my life separate. So on that goal oriented path, um, ended up going to a top 20 business school in the nation, studied finance, chose finance because I asked the advisor what was the most male-dominated major um, which she within the business school, and she said finance, and it was true. There was only four women in my – when 
uh, my graduating class that year at the university um, and the rest were all dudes. And so was on this path toward like Wall Street is where I saw myself going, right? Very corporate, very climbing the corporate ladder. Again, all the while having these altars in my bedroom that I really didn't recognize were altars, right? They were just these places where I kept these things that were special for me, not really realizing like what it was. Um, so walked these two paths. Um, in my early 20s, uh, married a soldier in the army and ended up in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. And so this corporate path that I was planning fell apart because there was one bank in like the whole city and the next place was eight hours away on a two-lane road in the snow with moose right so it wasn't like I could commute or anything so I call it my quarter-life crisis and I was faced with well if this ambitious path that I had been pursuing isn't an option for me at the moment what am I going to do um at that point pivoted into mental health. So I became a licensed mental health therapist, got my master's, um, did the 3000 plus hours to get licensed uh, and practiced mental health counseling as a therapist for several years. Um, and then again, the army intervened, moving us to a state that was more than a year backed up on its like licensure. So it was going to take me over a year to even be able to see clients in that state. It was Texas, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I know is where you live. So I just thought that was funny. Um, and it was like, well, what am I going to do again? Um, and at that point, I really stepped into entrepreneurship, which is one of my first businesses. And one of my first brands is helping people step into entrepreneurship. Um, so I kind of, again, walk these two paths. On one side of my my business, I'm helping people step into starting their own businesses, rewilding from the patriarchy, which is what we do in Rooted, but from a how you make your money kind of sense. Because um, I find a lot of people who grow up with money insecurity or really want that financial freedom, that's the key. Once they can make money on their own terms, then they can start all the whole rewilding process, which is what we do spiritually over in Rooted. So again, I've just always had these two parallel paths in my life. Yeah. And listeners, we are going to delve into Rooted in just a minute. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. class. Um, I am interested though, as someone who is on this path, why did you start out by asking what is the most male dominated field? Was it just because mm -hmm. you were that ambitious or what? Well, and I think that's that root that you, speaking of roots, that you already kind of brought in of this female mentorship. Um, things like breaking the glass ceiling, things like breaking the gender barrier, things like introducing women into spaces where women haven't traditionally been. I've always seen that as my role. Even when I was a child, my dad would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be the first female baseball commissioner. I want to be the first female fighter pilot. Like I always, from a young, young age, knew that I was going to start breaking those barriers. And I did so myself, but now that mission and that passion has morphed into me helping women do that. For I love that. I mm -hmm. love that. Now, and I, I had actually, I 
found you first on TikTok and then I went mm-hmm. to your website and I saw that the entrepreneur program that you have, it seems that it's specifically geared towards other therapists. Do you mm-hmm. work with women besides therapists in that? In the business space, it's predominantly clinicians because again, therapy, the therapy field is, it's almost, it's the opposite side of the coin that we've been talking about a little bit because therapy is a field that's predominantly women, but all of the rules regulations are set out by like state boards and things, which are predominantly men. Um, so I'm helping women bust out of the shackles of that profession. I love mental health. I'm not saying that we do not need qualified mental health practitioners, but being a therapist myself and operating under the limitations of my licensure, licensure, um, I 100% see that as part of my mission. Now, in that program, it's really anybody who works one-on-one. So a lawyer who takes a single caseload and wants to figure out how to help without billable hours, right? A lawyer's billable hours are significantly higher than a therapist's billable hours, but you still have that same one-to-one ceiling. You can either raise your rates more or you can take more clients and you get to a ceiling with both of those things eventually. Um, so it's it's really anybody, coaches, therapists. I work with occupational therapists, speech language pathologists, anybody who works in that one-to-one caseload capacity in, on the entrepreneur side. And do you work predominantly with women? It, it mm-hmm. sounds to me like that. Okay. Yeah. Once in a while, a dude will join and I'm, I don't say, oh, you can't join us, but I do say- Here's the way this space operates. And if that's going to be uncomfortable for you, having conversations about patriarchy, having conversations about women and earning potential, then this isn't the space for you. But I have a guy this round, his name's Eric, and he, um, his wife is a professor. She has a very high-powered career, just found out he's having his first baby, which is a daughter. Um, and so he brought that into the space voluntarily, like it's really powerful for him to be in this space to see all these women making moves, making powerful moves, um, because he gets to support his wife and now his daughter as they do that. Um, so when men join the program, that's it's that type of man with that type of prerogative. Now, Rooted is only for women. And I say women identifying folks because we do have some trans folks in the program and trans folks interested in the program. So it doesn't have to be like biologically female but we're absolutely talking about women's issues. And so if you identify as a woman and come up against the misogyny placed towards women, then it's a space for you. I love that. One of the things I heard you once say that really stuck with me was um, that you had some issues with the mental health field because for example, women are disproportionately diagnosed with bipolarism, Mm -hmm. but when you really look at rhythmic living, it could very well just be our hormones. Could you talk about that? 100%. Like the first line is always to talk about hormones. And um, I think it's getting better in the mental health space that that is part of, we call this a biopsychosocial. It's a fancy word for like trying to figure out everything in the client's environment. Um, And in that bio place, we're asking questions about health. And I think there are more therapists who are asking about menstrual health and hormonal health in that. But 10 years ago, it that wasn't even being asked. Um, So hormonal health comes up if women in their 
uh, menstrual and follicular phases have lots of energy, are happier, are more bubbly, whatever. And then in their luteal, sorry, in their follicular and their ovulatory phase. And then in their luteal and their menstrual phase are quieter, maybe blue, maybe sad. Um, also just lower energy. That dynamic when a woman might talk to a doctor about it and not have like menstrual language because we're not taught about the four phases of our menstrual cycle. Um, it can start to ping ear, like ping the ears of that doctor in terms of bipolar. The other thing is even taking it beyond hormonal going into the emotional states and the energetic states that we work with and rooted. It's like um, women and our feminine energy is not constrained right? So where the masculine is the the fence or the container, the feminine energy does not have a container. It is, it is erratic and it does flow. And so that just from the energetic standpoint can read to even a female doctor who's reading diagnostic criteria set forth by a board of men. Oh, this is pinging bipolar to me when a mo I wouldn't say most of the time, but many, many, many times it's not, it's not bipolar at all. Would you unpack that just a little bit more? Because mm -hmm. I'm in my forties and I only yeah. recently really kind of discovered all of the things that you just talked about, the four phases, the fact yeah. that men are on a 24 hour circadian cycle mm -hmm. where we have a 28 day. You're the yeah. one that taught me about the red moon versus the white moon. Mm -hmm. Could you just kind of explain that for any female listeners that have yeah. no idea what we're talking about? Like, for instance, we're recording on the full moon today, and I started my period this morning at, like, 2 in the morning. I am on a red moon cycle. Me too. Um, Yeah. And so most most women, it's probably, like, 60-40. I don't have exactly numbers for this, but it's probably around 70-30, 60-40, are actually on a white moon cycle, which means they start their period with the new moon, and they ovulate on the full moon. So most listeners are probably ovulating right now where you and I just started bleeding. Um, in folklore, they say that women who have a red moon cycle are the space holders are the, um, are the guides because when everybody else right now, um, when, when everybody else is bleeding and low energy, we are high, we're high energy. So we have the capacity to guide them or to hold space for them during that time. So again, that's, that's mythic, that's folkloric, that's, you know, things like that. But the way that it works is every woman's menstrual cycle, they say a healthy cycle. And I don't really love that word because it goes into this medical model that we've already been kind of talking about, like who designed the medical model men, right? So when we use the word healthy, it, it's, it has that connotation to it. But, um, a regular menstrual cycle is around 28 days because in ancient times, our cycles synced with the lunar phases. Um, now, because of environmental factors, estrogenoids in our lotion, in our food, you know, we can, you name it, all of the things, um, it's, it's now become normal for menstrual cycles to be elongated or to be irregular. Like most women I meet say that they either have or have had irregular periods before um, where, you know, before modern culture, that wouldn't have been a thing. We all would have cycled with the moon. And so the way that the four cycles work over those 28 days is it's like seven, 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 and seven 
on average, right? Every woman's body is different, but you're going to have seven days in phase one, which is actually your menstrual phase. Day one of your period is the day you start bleeding. Um, so that you bleed on average for a week or so, some four days, some eight days or whatever, but we'll call it a week. That's your menstrual phase. That's your winter. You can think of it in the terms of the four seasons. So winter, you should be resting, hibernating, hunkering down, um, physically resting. And energetically, spiritually, it's the time to go within, to take stock, to evaluate, to integrate lessons or ideas from the previous month. That's what we would be doing during that week. The second week is called your follicular phase. And so biologically, what's happening is the eggs in a woman's ovaries, the follicles are are blooming. Think of it like buds blooming. Now, typically only one of those follicles is going to release an egg. If you have twins, two eggs are released and so on. But you can think of that seasonally and energetically like spring, right? The There's growth happening. So we tend to be higher energy. This is when our estrogen is going up in our in our hormones. Um, so we tend to be higher energy there. We tend to be exuberant. We can overspend. So you might find yourself Amazon shopping during your follicular phase. If you're like, hmm, I always seem to buy a lot of things. Check in where you are in your period because you are most likely follicular. Um, your summer is your ovulation phase. So that is when you're just ripe. Like, So what's happening biologically is that one or two follicles that developed to ripeness, they are releasing the egg. So when we think of like the, the strawberries in summer and the ripeness of all of the um, produce, all of the agriculture, right? The flower garden is like in full bloom. That's what's happening inside of our bodies. And so energetically, we are um, just feeling the most alive. Of course, we have to bring like sex hormones in here because biologically, this is the week we're meant to reproduce. So you're often probably feeling your most sexy. Um, they say that men are more attracted to women during their ovulatory phase because of pheromones and things like that. So that's what's going on in the third phase. The luteal phase then is fall. So you're coming off of that um, that ovulation and you're working your way towards your period. The the lining of your uterus is as thick as it, it's like all thick for in preparation for a fertilized egg to implant there. So that's what's happening biologically. Um, thinking about fall, we we feel the change from summer to fall very acutely, like the first cold snap in the air, like we can really, we can really sense that. If we paid attention to the cycles in our body, we would also sense that, right? Like I know, I know the day after I ovulate because it, I can just tell the difference, but I've been working on this for years. Um, I, when I first start, started paying attention to my cycle, I couldn't tell you, I could, I could tell you maybe what half I was in, like if I was in follicular and ovulatory or luteal and menstrual, but I couldn't tell you, like, I now know it to the day after I ovulate, um, which we can feel like that first day of fall, right? We know when that happens externally outside of our body. Um, so we can sense that inside. So that's the time for, um, that's when we have PMS. So I, I don't have any biological medical data to back this up, but what I believe one of the factors of PMS is being completely out of sync with your luteal phase. 
because it's our fall. We're supposed to be slowing down. We're supposed to be doing shadow work. We're supposed to be taking a look at, oh man, I spent a shit ton of money on Amazon. Maybe I shouldn't do that next month. Like that's what fall is for, is for taking a look at that kind of stuff. Um, but we continue to produce at a level of output that our bodies have now signaled. It's the second half of our cycle. Being high energy in the first half in follicular and ovulatory totally makes sense. Continuing that energetic output into luteal doesn't make sense anymore. We're not supposed to be doing that like biologically, hormonally. But because of the society that we live in, we continue to produce at the same rates as we do in the first half of our cycle. So I really think that one of the precursors to like PMS and irritability is because we're not supposed to be operating like that anymore. But yet society asks us to continue. Um, and so it just rhythmically goes through like that every month. Well, not since I've learned about that. I have looked now I can't, you're right in society, we can't control a hundred percent, but I have started trying to be more mindful about my work projects and if possible, not have, you know, trials during that mm-hmm. second half. Exactly. So, and it has really actually helped my productivity when I'm like, it's okay for me to slow down here because I'm going to ramp up over here. Yeah. So not being a lawyer, so I might not have this exactly right, but um, if you are prepping for a trial, right, plan all that prep and plan happening in, happening in follicular. So when you're like, have the paralegals running and grabbing papers for you and you're getting all that stuff, like that would be perfect for, for follicular because you're high energy um, and you're preparing. And then having the trial while you're ovulating, you're going to be more magnetic, more magnanimous, more charismatic. Um, you're going to have the energy to be executing on the trial. And then like, this is the part I'm making up because I don't know if that happens, but like the fall, if there's any kind of like after action of the trial, like, you know, the settlement part or, um, going back and saying, okay, what did I like about that? What do I need to do differently next time? Like that would happen in the fall. And then the winter, you would just have nothing. You'd have like that whole week, you know, maybe not off, but it'd be very, very light work. Like that would be how I would imagine. And listeners, this is why I love Marissa and I wanted y'all to meet her because you are wise beyond your years. Like you have the sweetest little face. You look like you're in your (laughs) twenties. I don't know what your age actually is, but you have got wisdom beyond your years. Let's transition now. Um, The reason that I, because I joined your program called Rooted Mm -hmm. um, and it came at the perfect time in my life. And I'll add that in later, but can you talk to us about Rooted and the archetypes? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been talking a little bit about seasonal living here in, in terms of the menstrual cycle. And we have, if, if you're able to open your eyes, I saw this, um, I wish I could credit who I saw this from, um, but I was just scrolling on probably Instagram and came across this, but this concept of literacy, right? What we think of as literacy today is literally reading a book, but this woman was sharing about the type of literacy that our ancestors used to have in terms of like reading the seasons, reading the animals, reading the leaves on the trees and being so in tune with nature and being so in tune with our mother planet that we could attune our lives to that. Um, And it's a type of literacy that we've lost, which in my belief system is extremely sad. Um, And I feel like a little tiny piece of my purpose, again, being no expert here, but tiny piece of my purpose is to reclaim a little bit of that. 
So the first premise of Rooted is that cyclical, seasonal living, seasonally tuning into the earth, becoming what I like to talk, think of as like an earth priestess. So taking things from the underworld, the shadow world, doing that deep work and opening up yourself as a channel for divine intuition, all of those things, bringing those together in your body and embodiment and pouring that into our earth, meaning pouring it into yourself so that you become a, your best version of yourself, pouring it into your family, your work, your community, ultimately the collective and the planet, right? Because one of the phrases that we say a lot in Rooted is healed people heal people. And so that's part of our mission is to become our, our most healed selves in the moment, knowing that another version of ourselves is always coming because the seasons are always changing, but trying to be the most healed versions of ourselves so that we can pour that in so that we can be those earth priestesses and change the frequency of the people we interact with. Let me pause um, right there. Since yes. you brought in that word priestess, I want to make it clear that rooted is not a religious program whatsoever, no. but I do love that metaphor because mm -hmm. as I have kind of undergone my own awakening, even before I met you and found rooted, um, I was beginning to realize how much more connected we need to be with the earth. But I certainly don't worship nature. So listeners, I don't want y'all to be turned yeah. off by anything that we say. These are all metaphors. And I I highly endorse Marissa. Like she has been life-changing for me. So please continue with Rooted. Yeah. So that'll be a really good doorway into the archetypes. So a priestess, you know, you can think of that religiously or whatever. But in terms of Rooted, what we mean by priestess is the archetypal energy of a priestess. An archetype is a story or a myth that crosses time and crosses cultures. So a lot of people in the feminine space will teach goddesses. That is like a more um, narrowed in lens. I don't teach goddesses because when we look at goddesses, we're looking at that particular culture. Maybe it's um, a Chinese goddess or a Greek goddess or an early American goddess or a Celtic goddess or something like that. We um, have to put ourselves in the foot, in the in the shoes of uh, that culture. And it walks into dangerous territory of appropriating that culture. Uh, and that's not what Root is about. So what we do is we take a look at the archetypal level, which is one level zoomed out from the goddess, because there will be like, just using an example that most people will be familiar with, the Greek goddess and the Roman goddess, they have different names. But when you zoom out to the archetype, they represent like the like Aphrodite and whoever her Roman counterpart is, right? They both uh, represent beauty and the love and the this and the that, but they're called by different names because they're worshipped by different cultures. But we zoom out, we realize, oh, that's right, like lover or that's seductress or, or that's maiden, right? And so that's why we stay in that level because it allows us to appreciate all cultures and appreciate all the myths and all the stories and without appropriating the other thing that happens when you're at archetypal is you're able to see, sense the truth, because there could be a culture in ancient Asia in the, you know, 2000 BCs, whatever, and then all the way across the world in the Mesoamericas at the same time, 
there's a similar energy, a similar archetype that they're working with. And, you know, barring like the whole aliens theory, we are assumed that those two cultures had zero contact with each other, yet they're arriving at very similar principles. Yes, they call them different names, but the principles are the same. And so that's why we stay in that archetypal level. A priestess archetype is somebody who has done their work and is ready, willing, interested, able, passionate about helping others do the same. So you can swap priestess with guide, right? They can be the same thing. We're talking more about the energy behind that than the label itself. I love it. Will you just give us a quick overview of the archetypes and let's start with spring. Cause to me, yeah. that feels like when we should be starting. <laughs> yeah. So what's fascinating is in this archetypal space, spring is actually the new year. This is even true in Roman times where our, where our current calendar comes from um, before um, colonization and before patriarchy, even in Roman times, the spring was considered the new year. So in spring, inside of Rooted in particular, what we're focusing on is our heart space. So you might resonate with the word chakra, heart chakra, or just heart space. So what we're working on internally is self-love, self-compassion, rebirth, and awakening. So those are really the energies of spring that we're working with. And we dot, we split it into the three months being the month of March, which straddles the the timeline between winter and spring, because it's not technically spring until the third week of the month. So right now when we're recording in early March, it's still winter, even though everybody is like all about spring and ready for the warmer weather and the longer days, it's still technically winter time because we have not reached that um whatever degree of the sun crossing into the season. That's how the ancient cultures measured these times. It wasn't by some date on a calendar. It was literally mathematics, which is another universal language. Every culture across the planet speaks the same mathematical language. Actually, may I pause you right there? Because one thing I found interesting, because you had encouraged me to look at my own lineage Mm -hmm. and my lineage is a Celtic lineage, Mm -hmm. But one thing I found interesting in my research just in the last week was that for them, actually spring started at Imbolc on February Mm -hmm. 2nd. And the thing I was reading said it actually makes more sense to do it that Mm -hmm. way and even summer that way, because by the time we get to the equinox or the solstices, we're in the center. Like the first Mm -hmm. day of summer is the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, but we're already beginning to wane into mm-hmm. autumn. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I, I, what you said is a hundred percent correct, but I will tell you for my rhythms and listeners, yeah. this may be true for you as well. I'm beginning to really look and go, no spring starts at, at Imbolc that February mm-hmm. 1st, because now we're warming and then we'll be going into the hot, hot time. But anyway, I did not mean yeah. to interrupt your wisdom. No, Please continue. No. And this is why I always encourage everyone like, We're talking at the archetypal level, right? And then if you know your lineage, if you have one of our students in Rooted who we've gotten close with, she has like Mayan and Mexican and um, early American roots. Um, And so she's been using the archetypes as a jumping off point to then go deeper into 
her particular gods and goddesses of her ancestral line. So you can always go deeper um, into what is particular for you. Um, so in going back to the archetypes in spring, right, this rebirth, the self-love, the self-compassion, we're going to start in March with Maiden. Maiden is there to open your eyes, to help you see the beauty, to help you look at like the same leaf or the same, you know, dent in your wall that you look at 20 times a day and see it with fresh eyes and be able to see not only in a new light, but the beauty in it. So Maiden is there to show you that um, there's joy and beauty in everything. In April, we move into Creatrix, um, which is one of the feminine mysticisms. So when we start talking like magic powers, if you want to go that far, um, feminine the feminine mystics is to create, right? Like men can't create. Biologically, men can't create life. They can supply the materials, but it is the woman who creates. So that's why it's a feminine mysticism. Um, and so we're working with creatrix. What are we bringing to life? This could literally be another human, or it could be a book, a business, a movement. It could be a piece of art, anything that has that creation and creative energy poured into it. Um, so you can think of like, um, maiden as like your pregnancy in terms of creation you can you can think of creatrix as the birth and then in may we start working with great mother so the nurturing of the thing that you just birthed um and so again rebirth is really that theme of spring when we look at our follicular phase in our cycle that's when we are starting to come off our menstruation and we are starting to um have more energy have more um delight in things after we've been bleeding for the last week so we see this same cyclical pattern in multiple places and then we get to um summer Mm -hmm. so summer is all about liberation and freedom so that's what we're really focusing on in that month again that ovulatory phase where you're like you're magnetic you're on fire, you're hot, you're feeling yourself, all of that stuff. That's what summer is. So it's funny to see this come out in mainstream culture, like the whole hot girl summer thing that you see on social. That's 100% tapping into liberation. That's 100% tapping into freedom. It's just been um, packaged and marketed, right? Yeah. But I find that fascinating because as much as they've tried and by they I mean the patriarchy the colonizers all of that as much as they've tried to get rid of feminine energy and feminine wisdom it just pops up like oh hot girl summer (laughs) and when you're awakened to it when you know when you can see it and recognize it for what it's worth it's kind of humorous like Mm -hmm. um but the way that we're going to tap into that in rooted into that liberation is in June we work with wild woman So if there were absolutely zero demands on your time, zero obligations that you had to fulfill, zero restraints on you, what would you do? Who would you be? Where would you go? All of that is wild woman. And there's even something a little bit deeper than that in terms of like primal. So wild woman in the woods dancing naked to a drum, 
right? So you can take it past the obligation that would be surface level and then go into that primal space. That's That would be June. July is queen. So now that you've unshackled yourself and you've, you're sovereign and you're in charge of yourself and you like what kingdom or in this case queendom do you want to create for yourself? Um, how do you want to operate knowing that you are your own ruler and no one else rules you? And then in August, we work with um, warrioress. So we've we like we've left the old kingdom ran out into the woods by ourselves we've created now our own queendom and set up our own set of rules now it's time to defend that right so that's how warrior s comes in and this is all working with the solar plexus chakra which is our power center so um self-responsibility discernment discernment through everything but really discernment making decisions that serve you sovereignty that's really the focus of summertime well you know i loved because you do and we'll get back to the archetypes in just a minute but you yeah. do like a one week free program for people to really kind of experience rooted before they mm -hmm. invest and i have so often ex told my friends that the way you opened the women's circle was, you know, we, we imagine bringing love into our heart, the love of a mother, and then we would seal it. You would have a seal mm -hmm. it by saying with the love of a mother and our mm -hmm. solar plexus with the, with the power of a queen. And you mm -hmm. said one of those days, um, this is where we speak up for ourselves. If a doctor's mm -hmm. telling us something and it doesn't feel right, we advocate for ourselves. Yes. And so often in the last few months, I've told other women like, okay, number one, you need to do this class with me. And number mm -hmm. two, you need to, if you're not feeling easy, you need to really root into that solar plexus mm -hmm. queen warrior. Um, but that's why I love rooted so much because I feel like it is so applicable for women on so many levels, because even someone like me, who's a lawyer, we women have been disempowered in many ways. You are familiar with what happened to me this weekend where I was chased by a drunk guy. I was victim blamed by other men. And then I was mistreated by a police officer. That would not have happened if I was a man. And I feel like Rooted is really helping me get in touch with, instead of all the denying of the the women, uh, feminine energy, mm -hmm. you're getting me in touch with that stuff so I can advocate for myself, so I can be more loving. That's why I love Rooted so much. Yes. So will you tell us about the fall and winter archetypes? Yeah. So in fall, we're moving, if you haven't guessed it, we're moving down into the body because I love that you brought that up just a second ago. We as a society live neck up, right? We're all cerebral because that's what masculine energy is consciousness. It's thought, it's um, planning, it's preparing, it's um, like setting the boundaries for, and I don't mean boundaries in terms of like, you don't violate me and sovereignty that that would happen in queen and warrior s, but like um, parameters is a better word than, than boundaries. So setting the parameters now, when that is sacred masculine, it's divine consciousness, right? It's universe consciousness, God consciousness, fill in whatever word you like there, right? Um, problem is our society is not divine masculine. Our society is mostly toxic masculine. So we all live from this place of our head. One of the biggest blessings, if I want to use that word, benefits 
and also challenges is getting into your body because that's where the feminine lives. And for thousands of years, we've been cut off from any of this. So heart for spring, solar plexus for um, summer and womb space, womb space for, um, for fall. And so fall is the depths your womb space when you're a baby in a womb is dark, right? It's a cave. It's a watery cave. So there's um, lots of watery, like changeability, mutability that happens in water flowing. And also this is the time for shadow work. This is a time to really be brave and really look at like what is not working for me, for this existence, for this cycle around the sun, for this season of my life, for this version of who I am. And so we start that in September with seductress, because as women have been cut off from their body, they've also been really cut off from their sexual power, right? If if a woman is tuned in to her sexuality at all, it, it automatically goes to slut. It automatically goes to whore. It automatically goes to those things. Um, because, I mean, we can get all into that, but that's patriarchy 101, right? When men admit, I don't know if I can say this, but like the power of the pussy, right? When men ed- are willing to say that that's where the power actually lies, not, not only in desire, but in the creation of life, right? That's what the, their first prerogative was to do was to cut us off from this space. Because if they could shame us for being sexually powerful, then they could take all kinds of other powers away from us. So we look at that in September, going starting shadow work with seductress. The thing to think about with seductress is, yes, it's about sex 100%, but there is also, there is sexuality and there is sensuality. So we talk about this in Rooted sometimes. Act as if your skin was your eyes, Right. Act as if your muscles were your ears, your bones were your were your fingertips, like actually awakening those sensations so that will walk the sexuality and the sensuality line in September. October then um, becomes which, which like when we look at the wheel of the year, of course, it makes sense to be to be looking at which in October, but that is, again, these ancient threads that have still managed to somehow survive through. Um, so looking at alchemy and magic, what do we want to actually change in our in the cauldron of our womb? I want to pause there just because th- one of my passions right now is trying to help women understand that which is not what we were raised, especially uh, Christian women. It's not, it's not this devil worshiping. I've been doing a lot of research into the witch trials and burning at the stake and, and who were these women? And by and large, if you don't mind, Marissa, I just want to put a few things out there real fast. Um, when I first, when I first did rerooted and, and you would say, cause you know, we did the heart, we did the solar plexus. And then you would say with the womb of a witch, well, I really struggled with that as a Christian. Um, but I was also in a point where I was kind of deconstructing as well. So mm-hmm. that's really, I, I started opening my eyes and I realized a lot of the superstitions that we have were given by the patriarchy and, or by the church, because prior to the Christianization of Europe, women were elders, women were leaders, women were healers. And so when the patriarchy and the church came in, 
especially women 50 and up that were never married and no kids were the hardest to assimilate. And so the easiest thing to do was label them a witch and say, they are devil worshipers when in fact, all they were doing was healing with plants or helping to lead their tribes, things like that. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening right now and you just heard the word witch and you're like, ah, please, please, please do a little research or go back to my episode called witches and patriarchy and find out that witches are not devil worshipers. Witches are wise women who create and they lead and they know how to use plants and healing. And um, yeah, the, another superstition about witches that I just discovered, the pointy hat that mm-hmm. everybody thinks they wear, that's actually anti-Semitism because mm-hmm. in those days, Jews were, Jews were made to wear pointy hats, just like during the Holocaust, they were made to wear the yellow mm-hmm. patches. And so that was the easiest way for the patriarchy and the church to demonize Jews and witches was, mm-hmm. oh, they all worship the devil. And so they wear pointy hats and they have black cats and things like that. And I did not mean to interrupt you at no, all. No, you're fine. This is your I show. Just, <laughs> I just don't want listeners to hear that word and shut down because that's a passion of mine right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's worth having just a little like digress conversation into this idea of power, right? Because when we think power, there's a lot of different places that can go. Magical powers, like waving a wand, like Harry Potter powers, right? Or superpowers, like a Marvel kind of like, you know, superhero or whatever. We also have to look at what we talk about power of like systems of power and systems of imp- of oppression, governmental powers, right? Like who is in power in that sense? And so when we look at that, oh, it's old white men, right? That's who's in power. Before colonialism and patriarchy, and like the church, like colonialism is what you're talking about. The church tr- taking away traditional ways of living, indigenous ways of living, and whitewashing and Christian washing it all, and making sometimes directly taking. We talked about this in um, March in Rooted, directly taking Ostara and turning it into Easter, like barely even bothering to change the name, <laughs> right? So that's that's what happened. But the powers that existed, there are nine feminine powers or mysticisms, right? What a mysticism is, is we have our five senses and then we've all, all heard about, oh, that sixth sense. Most of us think of a sixth sense as kind of a knowing or an intuition. Well, that is only one. There's nine. There's That's one of the nine of the feminine six senses or the feminine mysticisms or the feminine magic powers okay so witches power not waving a wand magic power but like the witch's power is alchemy it's changing something it and that can come in healing that can come in creation that can come in teaching that can come in guiding so um just a little bit of like to add some more to that witch conversation um but to round out fall we then work with dark goddess and dark goddess comes in november and her entire purpose is to which is the ninth feminine power um to destroy or deconstruct to dismantle right so just like there is birth rebirth there's there's death birth and rebirth right and that cycle 
has to have all of those pieces. You cannot rebirth. You cannot change. You cannot transform without something having to die. And that can be an identity death, an ego death, any anything, right? Um, but that's Dark Goddess's whole job. Well, you know, I was worried when I first took reread it as well, because I was like, dark goddess. I don't want to be a dark goddess. But I will tell you, I just did a TikTok because South Carolina is trying to pass a bill that would make any woman who had an abortion or it's broadly enough written that it could even be a miscarriage mm-hmm. eligible for the death penalty for felony homicide. Mm-hmm. And whether you are a pro-lifer or a pro-choice, or I think all women should be against this because it's targeting women. It's not targeting right. the male doctors who are helping. Right. But when I started getting very angry about that, I was like, oh, wait, I think this is that dark goddess energy 100%. where I'm like, no, we've got to pull this shit down. Mm-hmm. Feminine rage going back to when we were having that bipolar conversation, right? There are so many um, groups of people. I was trying to think of the word like marginalized groups of people in this country and in the world that have generations of rage, right? And if you study epigenetics, it is the idea that the mother's trauma is then passed on genetically to the child and then to the grandchild and so on and so on and so on. This is how we get things like the witch wound, the sister wound, the mother wound, all of those things is. um, And so thinking about rage, like the LGBTQ plus community has every right to rage because for generations they've been marginalized. The BIPOC community has every right to rage right? Women have every right to rage because they have been, there's literally been genocide against women in multiple, multiple generations, right? So that's another like pure and primal and very valid response. And it's also something that the medical community or the medical model is going to try and diagnose or try and label. Wow. I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. And that's also why patriarchy shames us for those emotions. Mm -hmm. You need to calm Mm -hmm. down. You need to not be hysterical. 100%. Yeah. So I keep interrupting you and I'm so sorry. Please continue with the winter archetypes. No, it's a, it's a conversation. It's a dialogue, right? We are weaving right now. This is a feminine mystery. This is one of the nine. We are weaving wisdom together. So it's totally cool. Wherever the conversation goes. Um, but yes, that would be dark goddess. I want to burn this down for myself. What do I want to change about myself? But what you're talking about stepping into the community, the collective, that's what I mean by an earth priestess, right? That's somebody who not only wants to be the best version of themselves, but who wants to then channel this and make the world a better place, make earth a better place to inhabit. Right. So that would be dark goddess, not only showing up in your life, but moving through you and calling you to make the world a better place. Right. Mm. So, yes, then winter, winter is healing and integration, because if you're just coming off of shadow work and if you're just coming off of, oh, man, I just saw a bunch of stuff about myself that I didn't love. And I've got a lot of work to do around my sexuality and my sensuality. And I've got a lot of work to do around my power and my mysticism and all of that. Um, That's painful. That's hard to see. That's hard to know. That's hard to hear. Right. And if we ever even get this deep, when we get to the pain, 
we just act like it never happened, right? Because that's what we've been conditioned to do. Um, so winter is really intentionally sitting down and physically resting and emotionally, energetically doing the healing, right? So medicine woman comes in, in in December. She's like our triage nurse, right? She comes in and she helps us like stop all the bleeding, right? She's like, okay, you just did all that shadow work. Let's just get you stable. Let's just get you to a place back to um, nervous system regula- regulation. Let's just get you back to a place of emotional regulation um, so that you can operate at baseline. So you can be you know, at homeostasis, basically. And then in January, we start working with high priestess. So high priestess is the that channel to the divine, to the divine, listening to your intuition, bringing online um, this, this uncanny relationship that you have to your divinity. To know that you yourself are fully worthy, you yourself are fully whole, um, and that you yourself have the answers that you need. Uh, And then moving on in February to Crone. So Crone is our preparation for our next rebirth. So Crone is piggybacking off of what High Priestess helped us do, which is understand our worth, understand our um, ability or not ability, but are just inherent right to exist. And then Crone starts to say, okay, now how are we going to take this newfound um, worthiness and how are we going to take that out into the world without allowing people to squash it, right? We, it, She's like, she's almost like how Warrioress was protecting um, and standing guard against the sovereignty that we just found in summer so crone almost fills that similar role but instead of sovereignty it's over our worth over our worthiness well you know that's one thing i love too in rooted and even you started in re-rooted mm-hmm. women are so apt to apologize for existing and taking up mm-hmm. space 100%. like we will in our women's circle we will share and then we'll apologizing for having shared too long or what right. have you and you always say no there are no apologies you're allowed mm-hmm. to exist and the other night when I was mistreated by that cop, but when he finally believed because there were witnesses that stuck up for me and he finally changed his demeanor towards me, I found myself at this point, you know, I'm completely crying, but I was like, right. I'm so sorry. I caused so much trouble. And mm-hmm. I told friends later, I was like, you know, that is not, a, I did not need to apologize, no. but that is ingrained in mm-hmm. us. And I love that you bring that crone energy where we're not going to apologize and you carry it with us throughout the year, teaching us not to apologize for taking up space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love everything about you. Um, would you tell us just real quick about the structure of rooted? Cause I really think listeners by this point, I would be like, okay, so what happens in the class? So, <laughs> yeah. So we're not, even though we're really, really working in these feminine energies, most of the students who are coming to Rooted, so I like most of them come when they're really in their masculine and they're really craving to bring their feminine online. However, some students come because their feminine is online, but it feels like it ha- it's like all over the place, like they have no container. So we're not anti-masculine energy in Rooted at all. We love healthy, whole, healed, masculine energy. And so that is what the actual container of rooted is modeling for us and holding for us is that 
masculine, the parameters that I was talking about, right? And within those parameters, our feminine is allowed to fully come out. And so the parameters in this case is a four-week structure. So in week one of the month, it's called your remember week. So we're really trying to bring in ancestral wisdom by talking about the way things were in that month in particular, pre-patriarchy and pre-colonialism. So ancient ancestral wisdom coming through. Some of these um, pagan holidays that we've talked about, I'll bring up there, but also some of that literacy that I mentioned earlier, like reading the animals reading the plants, reading the weather, reading the seasons, um, and starting to think about how we can consciously and intentionally align with our, our lives with that and align our energy with that. And then if in that same private podcast that you get, um, you get an introduction to the archetype that we'll be working with that month. So for instance, maiden for March, creatrix for April, and so on. And so we're really calling in a mental memory but a, like a cellular and a deep in your bones and ancestral memory that week. Um, and then week two is our reconnect week. So we've awakened this. We've remembered this in our bones. And week two, we come together in a sisterhood circle. So week one is the solo week. Week two is a sisterhood week. And we do a ritual together. So we've done cord cutting ceremonies together. And these change. So next February, it won't be the same ritual. You know, these just change with what my intuition wants to bring forth and lead us through that week. Um, and we're doing a seed blessing ceremony coming up in March. Um, and then April, we'll do another ritual together. What else have we done? Do you remember any of the other rituals off the top of your head? I mainly remember making Play-Doh with you and rerouted. Yeah, we made Play-Doh <laughs> together, which was like, we were talking about women's work and how women's work was in the kitchen and how that was derogatory. But talking again about this alchemy from the witches and these, um, the creatrix energy and what we're actually doing by doing that quote unquote women's work. So yeah, we made, we've made Play-Doh together, which was a simple, easy exercise. But what it is about is infusing our magic, being able to gather in a space where we're quote unquote doing a ritual together, which has been outlawed and banned and women have been killed for in the past right um so that's why we're talking about reconnect reconnect with your sisters but also reconnect with your magic like with what lives inside of you um that it, we've been persecuted for in the past week three is another solo week and that's our reflect week so i provide you with usually they're around 30 minutes kind of half meditation, half visualization, because feminine meditation is very different than masculine meditation, like sit on the pillow, clear your mind, you know, no thoughts are allowed, sit as still as possible. That's like masculine meditation, but feminine is very different. Um, so you get a, a private meditation, you get a private playlist, you get some journal prompts and other questions. Sometimes I throw like a recipe or like a another thing in there during um, that you can use as these solo tools to help you deepen your relationship with the energy of that month and really deepen your relationship with the archetype that month. Um, and then week four, the last week of our structure is another sisterhood week and it's our reclaim week. And it's just our share circle where we're coming together. I always open circle with a ceremony and we're just there to really 
process what we've gone through the last month. How was it to be in maiden energy? How was it to be in creatrix energy and so on? And just really come together in hold space for each other and witness each other. And the thing I love is it's such a deep love for one mm-hmm. another, even when we close circle and through the week, um, you know, we have a, a shared Facebook page. We also follow one another if we want to on Facebook. And so um, we share good news on there. We share, holy cow, this is what happened to me. I need love. And, you know, when I asked y'all to send love, I could legitimately mm-hmm. feel y'all loving me because we're just so connected after walking mm-hmm. together for several months. Yeah. So I highly, highly recommend to anyone doing the rooted class. I did it mainly to get in touch with my more feminine side because I am in a masculine job. Yep. And I was really attracted to the wild woman archetype, which we'll get mm-hmm. to this summer. But what I found was the archetype I needed most right now was the crone mm-hmm. because I'm in my forties. Mm-hmm. I'm in perimenopause yep. and I was, I've never married and I had no kids and I had begun thinking, am I going to regret this? Like, should I have done this? And what Crone taught me was I am the wise woman of the tribe, or at least I, mm-hmm. I soon will be after mm-hmm. menopause and that it's okay to embrace the life that I have. And, mm-hmm. and that, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about the word witch right now and, mm-hmm. and taking that away from devil worship, because I would have been one of those people burned at the stake because I would have been the hardest to assimilate. Mm -hmm. Um, So I highly, highly recommend Marissa's class. She's got the sweetest heart, the sweetest voice, the sweetest nature. And Mm -hmm. the women that you will meet are just incredible. And, you know, we don't all have everything in common, but we just love each other, which is refreshing today. You know, what's really fascinating for me is like, you're talking about really resonating with Crone. I'm starting to really resonate with mother. Um, I am like a biological mother. I have children, but I used to, so not, I don't want to take too much time because I know we're close to the end, but. No, no, um, no. You take as much time as you want. (laughs) You see, exactly. I just did it. Even though I like teach this stuff and I work, it's so conditioned in us. So it's a perfect example for the listeners to see like take up your space. You know, you can always edit me later if you want to. I'm not editing a word out of this. I feel like everything has been very, very valuable. Um, okay. So I had some trauma in my childhood, parents divorced very young, messy, ugly, ugly divorce. Every one of us has some, some trauma, right? So my, what that, that is part of the reason that I ended up so much in my masculine was because it was a an ability for me to control. Also, what happened was um, a level of maturity that developed in me. And I think that this, I mean, if I if I really go into my mysticism, I think that some of this is a trauma response for sure. But I also think that some of this is my soul. Right. Like, and I don't know where I'm at on the reincarnation thing. Like, I don't know if I believe in pa- like past life. I don't know. Or if I'm going to be reborn again, I'm I'm not there yet to have a, a formed opinion on that. But I do think that every soul has a unique imprint. 100%. Like we all have our own unique magic. Your purpose is different than my purpose is different than someone else's purpose. Right. And so 
something that was said to me in a derogatory way when I was young. Oh, she's like the mom of the group because I'd want to be like the designated driver and not drink or whatever. Right. Oh, she's like the mom of the group. And it was used in like a mocking kind of way to to basically say that I was no fun. Right. Like I wasn't the fun one. If you want to have fun, don't hang out with Marissa. But the more that I do my own mysticism and look at how nurturing and mothering is actually a feminine power, there are some women who are their mothers and they shouldn't be of, of, of human kids, right? But we can go past the, the reproduction piece of this into the energetics and the archetypal energy of this. And there are some women who are just naturally predisposed to nurture to nurture other people to nurture animals to nurture plants to whatever that is and I'm really I'm on the cusp of stepping into that and owning that um because I do think that I have an, an ability I'll see somebody at the gym or somewhere and I'll be like your outfit is really pretty today and it's a genuine compliment or your hair looks really great that way. That's something that's been in me since I was a kid, again, like a child, child. And when I give those compliments in that genuine voice, those women who, who are receiving them, they're caught off guard because it's it's genuine. It's not like a backhanded compliment, which we're so used to receiving. And they're just like, you can see the transfer of like my genuine nurturing into them when they receive it. And they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. A lot of times people will say like, I really needed to hear something like that today or whatever, right? And so that's another example of these powers that we've been, have been taken from us. Pouring love into someone else Yes, that could be your actual child, but it could be a stranger on the street, right? That is a legitimate superpower that's missing from this world. Um, so I say I'm on the cusp of stepping into that because there is a lot of baggage that comes with that. I was teased for being that way for years and years and years. So it there's some things I have to do shadow work around. I have to explore on my own. Um but I, I do think while we all have access to these 12 archetypes that I've talked about today, A, there are many more than the 12. Those are just the categories that other people and, and myself included have grouped feminine energy into. There's many, many more that I haven't even talked about. There's the huntress. There's the there's all these things. Um, and so all of us have access to all of them. And. There are some that are really just going to resonate with us. And I believe that's because that's those are our soul's imprint. Like we all have access to all nine powers. We all have access to all 12 plus archetypes. But there will be some that you just know are yours. Like th that that one's really meant for me. Well, you know, when I was born and I was still an infant, not able to even speak, someone told my mother that I was an old soul. So it might make sense that I resonate with Chrome. Yeah, yeah. This idea of, wisdom and a bit of protection and a bit of um crone's like a bodyguard in some cases she's your bodyguard but also the other thing about crone is that she is so willing to 
She's so willing to pass on her wisdom. You just Mm -hmm. have to ask her, right? You just have to, you have to seek her out and find her and ask her. So. Well, Marissa, I would love you to tell uh, viewers or listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So if you are interested in Rooted, the program itself, you can head on over to rootedfeminine.com slash collective. We also have um, a quiz you can take to figure out where you're at on this journey because rerouting is a process like we've kind of alluded to on the show and this there's cycles to it. So you can also go to rootedfeminine.com slash quiz and take the quiz to figure out where you are on the journey. And each quarter you do a free rerouted week. Mm -hmm. And if people follow you on Facebook, it seems that's a good way to find out about that. If you're interested in social, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. It's at rooted feminine. And then there's an underscore at the end. Okay. And you're also on TikTok. I want Mm -hmm. you more active on TikTok. So tell everybody your handle there because I want everyone to go follow you. I think that one's just rooted feminine without the underscore. I think you're right. (laughs) It's okay. I will check it and I'll put it in the show notes just to be sure. Okay. Okay. Um, But I do so appreciate you. I appreciate you just being part of my life. I appreciate you being on this show. I think this was an extraordinarily valuable time and I hope listeners got a lot out of it. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having this show because I feel like the more people who are having these discussions, the more people who are able to see, you know, the way that these systems impact us every single day and to, to then be able to potentially like step outside of them. That's, what's going to heal the world. I agree with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening this week. I appreciate each of you so much and I would love to connect with you. So number one, we're doing a free giveaway If you will review this podcast, screenshot your review and post it on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok and tag me in it, you'll be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. This drawing is good from now until the end of April. So the first week in May, we'll be having the drawing for the $50 Amazon gift card. Again, you can screenshot your review and just post it to social media, tagging me in it so I can be sure to enter you into the drawing. On Instagram, you can find me at The Random Yogi Podcast. On Facebook and TikTok, I'm at The Random Yogi. Also, please connect with me on social media because I do go live at least once a week to try to connect with listeners live. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please tell one friend about us. Thank you for joining us this week. Please support the Random Yogi Podcast at patreon.com to get bonus content and merchandise. Please join us again next week. And thank you for listening.